episode 60 of the Monster Squad with your hosts, Becky, Jen, and Abby, where three generations of real, down-to-earth, and sometimes raunchy moms who talk about our lives. So get ready to reach into your inner monster and take this journey with us. Welcome back, ladies and listeners. Woohoo! Woo! <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I'll start. Um, well, as you know, today's listener stories. Um, but Favorite. But, but of course, beforehand, we got to talk a little yeah. bit about us before we talk about you guys. Um, so I didn't sleep last night. So these bitches were trying to get a hold of me. And- <laughs> No, bitches. Wait, so you know I'm like, how- are you awake? And then I text oh. Becky. I was like, is she getting my text? And all of a sudden, I hear Becky's voice going, hello? Hello? <laughs> well, she called me, but my it comes on my watch. Yeah. And I she must tried have- to hit the F-U button. No, I didn't. I just rolled over, and when I put my arm down, I must have hit answer. I uh-huh. didn't That's even funny. know until I heard your voice. Well, honestly, because I... I would have been like, God, I, <laughs> I hit the phone uh, icon next to your name, and I hit speaker, and I was, you know, rifling around the house, and, you know, you hear the ring, but you kind of, like, tune it out, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden, I realized it wasn't ringing anymore, and I look at the phone, and you can see the seconds start ticking from when someone picks up, and I could hear, like, the rustle of something through the phone, and I'm like, blanket. I'm like, hello, <laughs> Jen, hello? She's like... Oh, I must have hit the button. Was what I first got from her. I was like, "Alrighty then." Um, anyway, the <laughs> but that—that's what because I just rolled over and I was like, uh, "Why?" I didn't know who was calling me. I told Abby. I didn't even look at the phone. I just rolled over and after I after I hung up with you, and I felt bad even just the couple questions that, that I was trying to get answers of. Because I called Abby after the fact, and I said, listen, I said, I've never heard her be that out of it on the phone. Yeah, she's like, like I, I don't could know if tell... we'll just record, since it's a listener story, record without her and just let her get some sleep. She's like, I might have to be her wake-up call, so we'll maybe try to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I ended up, I think I went back to sleep for like 10 more minutes, and then got up. Yep, she's not happy now. What? I'm sorry. We have guest star Samara. Um... Abby's newest child, as well know. um, And final. When I (laughs) woke up, and I mean, this could be why I sounded so out of it, too. Because you're in the middle of a dream. I was in the middle of a dream, and my dream, I was, so it was, it wasn't our neighborhood, but it was us, like, in in a neighborhood. neighborhood. Yeah. Um, and it was like weird, like, <laughs> like our houses were in rows and like the front of mine and Abby's house and other people's houses were facing the back of like your house. Like you weren't my neighbor, but I was behind you instead of next to you, Becky. And there was no, like, road or anything in between the houses. So I don't know where the driveways were. But (laughs) that's how it was set up. And it was just, like, houses in a row. Becky, you were in, like, the row ahead of us. And then it was my house on the corner and another house. And then Abby and AJ's house. And we were, the three of us were talking about getting together. Mm -hmm. But I also, so from Chicago Fire... So Severide from Chicago Fire was in my dream, and one of the cops 
from Chicago uh, PD was in my dream, <laughs> um, like a female cop. And Severide is a lieutenant on the uh, rescue team. And we were like, I was in hiding with the cop because there, one of our neighbors was a serial killer. Oh, shit. But we couldn't prove it. But all of a sudden, like, we hacked into their cameras and they were, like, inside our houses and they knew our moves and everything. That's scary. Yeah. So there was one room in my house which had absolutely nothing in it. It was just an empty room. We know that's a dream. (laughs) (laughs) It was just an empty empty room. And we were hiding in there because for whatever reason, that was the only room in the house that the serial killer could not see it. Like a safe room? That's yeah. what I was thinking. Like uh, a safe room. But, I mean, there was windows and everything, though. So, like, we were trying to close the curtains and everything. <laughs> and close the curtains! I was see. like, oh, I gotta, I gotta go to Abby's. And then all of a sudden, it was like, I gotta get my computer. So me, Severide, and the lady cop started walking to my house to get my computer so we could look at the cameras. Wait, so whose house were you in? I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, I thought we and were when, in your house. I right, said, me too. It was my house, but it, I apparently but it, wasn't. it wasn't. So, but let me ask you this: When you keep saying we were hiding in that room, was it just you and me, those two tele- yeah. television stars? Yeah. So and Abby guys, and I weren't no, there. No, you were. You guys never appeared in my dream. Just your names were in my dream. Okay. So okay. We were. We've already been killed. Yeah. No. <laughs> I don't know. I'm we still were, waiting for we the. We were end. <laughs> walking like we were like trying to like creep to my house to get my computer, and we passed by the serial killer's house, and there was two people already dead on the floor in your house. It, no, in their ha- in the serial killer's house, oh. which was the house next to Abby. It and was AJ's. probably me and AJ. <laughs> Here we and all, and then Severide was like in that house, and like I could see him through the window standing there trying to stop this lady from killing everybody. And me and the cop ran back to the house, and I was trying to call you guys to tell you not to go over there and to call the cops. Mm-hmm. And then I hear Becky's voice going, Hello? <laughs> That's funny. So, yeah. So, at least you got a hold of Becky. (laughs) I'm going to put myself in that dream whether she likes it or not. (laughs) That's what I woke up. And I think in a way, because, like, it wasn't, like, I'm laughing about it now, but I was scared, like, in my dream. And uh, so I, I think that's why I didn't really go back to sleep, back to sleep, because I didn't want to continue that dream. Yeah. So, but yeah, it was pretty crazy. We had a serial killer living in between us. Yeah, and I was dead, so <laughs> you weren't gonna reach me. I don't know if it was you, but it was somebody. <laughs> like we were, I think we were supposed to all be going to this house to have dinner. Like they With were the serial neighbor. Oh yeah. So any new neighbor that comes in the neighborhood, <laughs> so this we is, know, we know the sign. Don't go over for dinner. Go this over is dinner. really ironic because, so again, I've been doing a lot of reading lately. Mm-hmm. Um, I just started a book Wednesday night and was done with it yesterday morning. And I've already started another book last night and I'm already halfway through it. Like mm-hmm. I'm pounding out books like crazy. Yeah. The one I'm reading right now 
Um, unfortunately, I can't remember the name of the author, but the name of the book is called um, "On a Dark, Dark in a Dark, Dark Wood," and all of the reviews on the back cover from like New York Times and this and that and the other thing like are calling it this riveting novel, and there's a twist it and you can't put it down, whatever. Which was the last one I just read, and uh, but anyway, um, what's ironic about it is although. Although things haven't really happened yet, like I'm still I'm still in the you know personal detective stage of this book, I think that there is somebody in this house. Which, mind you, this house is made of glass. It's out in the middle of the woods. Of course, a glass house in yes. the middle of the woods. And they're having it's actually a movie. About yeah, I was gonna say. well, it might be <laughs> because on the front cover it does say um, due to be a motion picture. And actually, I I recognized that this morning. And I was like, oh, I should check the copyright. But I was washing my hands because I couldn't put it down took it to the bathroom with me. <laughs> and then I forgot to check the copyright because I got a phone call. So anyway, I'll have to check that when I get home. And if so, I'll finish the book quickly and check out the movie. But my intuition is telling me that there was somebody already in that house before these five or six women and one man um, had come for the weekend to do what's called a hen party. So they're based out in like Europe or England or something like that. Cause some of the words are a little off. Like when they swear it's um, Jesus cried or something like it's, it's strange, but <laughs> anyway, I, it, it keeps bouncing back and forth to the present, which the main character is in the hospital and she's got a cop, a police officer posted outside of her, hospital room and she's got a morphine drip so she keeps fading in and out of consciousness but she overheard a conversation somebody else speaking to the police officer and she heard the words she heard the sentence so now we're calling it a murder and she doesn't remember did somebody get murdered am i accused of being murdered like that kind of thing and then it bounces back to her trying to remember the story as it happens right so i think that that's what's up. I think there's a serial killer on the loose, and I think he's going to, like, hunt everybody down and kill them. I don't quite know yet. I'll have to continue. And now I want <laughs> now I want to stop this episode of The Monster Squad and go read my book. No. <laughs> no, I won't. But speaking of books, um, I do want to give a shout-out to a local author. I've mentioned her once before, um, and I ran into her not too long ago, and we keep in touch. Um, her name is V.S. Gardner, and she officially has three books out. Um, I did mention that um, when I had read the first one, it was hard for me to stay focused because there were quite a bit of editing errors, which, yes, I I told her about, um, but I was already so far through it that I couldn't do what she would hoped I would, which was like possibly go back and write what it was and what the page numbers were, and I didn't continue on from where I was. But she was excited and in a hurry to get it to print and so on but I her books are really good aside from that um the next two and and it was a good story and the characters seem to somewhat move on with them um but it's not necessarily a trilogy uh so it's V.S. Gardner she's a local author in South Carolina and um, the three books that she has, number one is A Killing on Hardy Street. So number you're two, more into like 
murder horror, mystery. Murder mystery. And I wouldn't go so much as horror per se. Why can't I not find my screenshot? There it is. Um, she has a killing on Hardy Street, a brick to remember, and the forgotten house. All of which I flew through, and I think I remember are when you were reading a brick to remember because you were talking about it. Yeah, and I've been reading uh, Colleen Hoover. She's an author. Her books, and they just draw me in. Well, the thing that I'm too. the thing I'm really pleased about. They're really good. Is I've I always like cry. <laughs> right? It, it sucks yeah. you in and makes you feel emotion. That's I'm finding that I can open up my head space, if you will, yeah. because I And was, I used to never be, like, a really big reader. Oh, my God. When I've, I was younger, like, I'll read books, but, like, I've never, like, been, like, so, like, oh, I need to, like, finish this yeah. until, like, recently with these books, her, like, the different books, books I've just, like, ever done that with made was me. the... Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, <laughs> I read those. I read, I read those that pretty all three too. in like a week, um, and, and I've been pretty sucked in with those. But like, not like the same feeling that are I've they been coming out with books. a new movie or I think are they just putting? No, I think there's the a movie one. on say, I Netflix. Have no idea. Well, I've I just, never even seen. The I want to say I opened up my headspace, and I might have mentioned, started to mention this a while back. It was when Jen, you and I had um, when I ditched you. Um, to start at a community yard sale oh. and then said I was at the gas station and then and I was like, no, there. I'm at the community. <laughs> what? <laughs> we talked about it before. Yeah. There was plans that we had like at we the We were beginning. supposed to leave together and she left <laughs> and before she, okay. me. Sounds I, about right. I and then I said, okay, right. wait for me at this gas station. <laughs> and then she wasn't at the gas station and I was like, She's like, it's a mile down the road. No, it was five miles Oh, down the yeah, road. we talked about it. <laughs> well, it was at one of those uh, homes that we had gone back to because mm-hmm. when we were first there, first thing in the morning, people weren't open. Or and it, was, at least, it was raining. Yeah. Like drizzling. So we thought maybe later in the day that there'd be more families in the community that set up. And That's then, when we went to that estate sale at the mall, old yes, Wakamon Mall or correct. whatever. Yeah. But anyway, I ended up picking up a book from these people who were actually customers of mine when I worked for Aldi. And she, like, handed it to me and said it was a really good book. And I am normally focused on Stephen King, Dean Koontz, Danielle Steele, Clive Barker, Christopher Moore. Like, those are, that's what I pick up. Or if it is, like, you know the murder mystery and this was more like about women and stuff and that's how I got it I think it was the book all the bright places is what she gave me and since I read that book I have really opened up my horizon on what I read I still care to do more about the murder mystery but I'm reading you know about these uh, I just read um Firefly Lane which is well, on Netflix, I have, and I watched yeah, I have two books after. when you're done with the book that you're on let me know and I'll give you the two books that I have um, from Colleen Hoover okay. that go together, and that one made me cry. So I think you'd like that one. Okay. Um, but one more story, at least from me, before we get into our listener stories. Um, so I had quite the adventure adventure on Monday. Um, it started with waking up to send Brayden to school, of course, and John to work, and Brayden proceeds to come and find me in my bedroom and says, 
my stomach doesn't feel good and my throat hurts. Now, every single time that my child has said this, the very first thing I do is reach over and touch her forehead with the back of my hand. And if that feels off, I might touch other parts of her neck or her arms or whatever. My go-to is... Let me take your temperature. If it's good, you're good. (laughs) Right. Exactly. So, and that would be my second Unless I can totally tell, like, something's up. But every single time so far in the nine and a half years, which Monday was her half birthday, if you will, September 11th. She was nine and a half exactly. And my next thing would be grab the thermometer. And I didn't. And I was like, fine, you can stay home. I knew... That she wasn't sick, per se. Mm. But I had an evil plan. I was already scheduled to go for an ultrasound of my kidneys. No, Mm. I haven't heard anything yet. I'm still waiting for the urologist. I'm still struggling with pain, but managing it at the moment. Um, And I had recently tried to renew Braden's prescription, but received a voice message from the pediatrician saying she needed a follow-up before they would send it in. Well, you know darn well, if you call to make an appointment, you're put off for a month or two. I'm not having that. But you call with a sick child, they get you in the same day. So I told Brayden, I said, go back to bed. I said, no, no tablet, no TV. You go back to bed. I said, and just so you know, you will be seeing a doctor today. And she said, okay. And, but it was funny because she'd like pet the cat and her eyes would like widen up and you could tell she was normal. And then I'd talk to her and she'd like put on this facade, right? But, again, didn't care. Called the doctor, got her in. It worked out with my appointment to her appointment, same location. And we'd had a pretty good day in the morning once we both woke up and got dressed and got moving. Um, I said, you don't, you're don't, you not sick. And she's like, well, I didn't feel well this morning. I said, you're full of shit. <laughs> and, um, and I said, you can tell me I'm not going to be mad. I said, because it just works out anyway. I said, I, this... If it didn't work out for me, she would have been sent to school that day. Mm-hmm. So anyway, in between my ultrasound, we had a great um, tech that did my ultrasound and she was carrying a really flowy conversation with both Braden and myself. And there was really a, you know, an honest click there. There was no, it, was, it wasn't awkward, I yeah. guess is what yeah. I'm trying to say. So we left there and I had about an hour before Bray's appointment. So I went to the Walmart that was down the road and the first thing that happened is I found a painted rock at this Walmart. And ironically enough, it was from my friend Anita, who would paint and I would hide for, and dated 2022. So somebody released that rock. And I was like, oh, isn't that cool? And I'm realizing now as I'm saying it out loud, I didn't post it on the rock page. But anyway, so we carry on to her pediatric appointment. And I said... I said, I, lying is not okay. I was like, but I was like, you got to tell them something because that's the main reason we're here. <laughs> and they don't normally allow for that follow-up to transpire in the same visit. Mm-hmm. But I asked very kindly and said it would really help me out. And the, do- the, the nurse, Samara. Uh-oh. She's a little crazy. Are you unhappy? Oh, my leg. Oh, my goodness. Sorry, that was my fault. <laughs> well, I will continue on so you listeners are not at a pause and hopefully Samara will be comforted. Um anyway, we're at the pe- oh, pulling into the pediatrician I said, you know, it's not okay to lie, but you know, so 
she just, she went with her throat hurt. (laughs) (laughs) My throat hurt. Yeah, she'll remember that because she got the big old cotton swab down the back of her throat. Oh, God. So, right, and so when we left there, it was like, you know, me getting the best of her in a sense. Like, are you going to play fucking sick again? Are you? Hmm? Because this is what's going to happen. I can't just let you stay home from school whenever I want. Too many unexcused absences or unacceptable. You're going to get called to and the principal. And then I have to go and in. And you have to sign a paper that exactly. they won't be, or they're going to take you to court. Yeah. yeah. I had that happen with my key. That <laughs> happened with Logan, like, twice. It's such bullshit. But anyway, I got her doctor's appointment. What they did find is she has the start of an ear infection. Okay. And Braden was like, well, your what, ears, your throat, and right. your are all connected. And she's been saying for about three weeks, all of a sudden she'll go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, I don't know. I have this this stuff. I'm like, phlegm? She's like, yeah. And she would literally like go to a trash can or grab a tissue paper towel. And she mentioned it in front of the doctor. I was like, oh, yeah. And of course, the doctor said, yeah, that could definitely be connected, obviously. So they put her on a 10-day antibiotic that should clear it up, which is the good news because we wouldn't have known about it until it was actually super painful. Mm -hmm. Right. And we've caught it ahead of time. So it all kind of linked together. Jacqueline had her ear infection a few weeks ago. Uh, I don't remember when it was, but she she's never had an ear infection. This kid that has had everything Everything. has never had an ear infection before. So... Well, I used to get them all the time when I was younger, and then... That's you it. had the tubes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, but the thing is, she never once complained her ear hurt. It was her throat. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, she... And she had a really bad ear infection. Yeah, I'm I'm very lucky. Or Brayden is, rather, because they can be extremely painful. So And so I started giving her the medicine on Monday night, figuring I'll do it at night. And, you know, in case it affects her in some way, she's not dealing with that in school on top of her other medicine. Mm -hmm. And I totally spaced on it last night. So I gave it to her Monday and then skipped Tuesday. Now today is Wednesday. Pre-recording, as usual, folks. You know that. It's about to come out every time. (laughs) Um, And Brayden actually reminded me. And I was like, oh, crap, I wanted you on a night schedule. And she's like, well, then she just only wait. Has to take it once a day. Once a day, yeah. And it's 7.5 milliliters of some sort of liquid that she said is god awful. Um, so, anyway, we carry on from the pediatrician and we go to the pharmacy and we pick up our scripts and then we leave there and then we go to our local Walmart where I had to get a few things for the house. Blah, 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 go through checkout, yada, 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 come out to the car. I'm trying to put groceries in. And mind you, I'm about to have a yard sale, and I took everything, and it's shoved in my Jeep. So the only two seats available are the passenger and the front. And I'm like, oh, my God, I just bought groceries. How the fuck am I going to put these in the car? So I'm trying to figure it out, and I'm like, Brayden, come get in the car, because I have to work these around your legs. And Brayden's like, I thought she said, fuck. Right, and I stand up and I look over the top of the passenger door she's standing at the front of the car I had come around the back of the car she for whatever reason went from the back of the car up around the driver's side to the front of the car to come to the passenger side away from me which I don't normally allow that because that could be a quick grab and go Yeah. and I said what did you say and she points to the hood of my car and she said you got ducked 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right? So I said, you're lucky. And I said, and so am I. And I was like, oh, isn't that cute? And somebody had put this cute little green rubber duck on my Jeep. For those of you that don't know, there is something with Jeeps. It's called Duck Duck Jeep. And, and people duck each other's Jeeps. Um, it started out more as a Wrangler Renegade thing. But those that do have other models are participating as well. So that put a smile on my face. Graydon gets in the car. I maneuver the groceries around her feet. The last two things in the cart are my bottle of water and my purse. I just switched purses recently. It was a yard sale find. It's this awesome, beautiful, silverish coach bag. And I had gone back and forth with myself for months now, whether I was going to try and flip it and get more money for it because it's worth a whole lot more and it actually still came with the stuffing in it like it was never used um but i was like you know what no i deserve that like why not so the point is it's silver anywho we're gonna fast forward i grab my water i throw it in the car i take the cart to the cart corral i get in the car i drive home i text jennifer on the way because i had a question in regard to groceries we won't get into all of that and I get home and I go to reach for my purse and I'm like, where's my purse? Where's my fucking purse? And I flipped psycho. Poor Brayden. We've had a great day. We found a rock. We found a duck. Fuck. Whatever. <laughs> and I race out of the front seat of my car, which I normally don't race because once I've been sitting, I take a minute to get moving and the adrenaline. And I went around and all these groceries that I carefully placed in because I had bananas that can bruise and plums and chips that I tried to pick out the bag that didn't seem crinkled as much as the others, you know? And I started flinging them, throwing them across the freaking driveway, like frantically looking for my purse. I went back around the driver's side. I checked under the seat. I saw a pen that I know I carry in my wallet. Apparently I've got two of them because I'm like, how is the pen in here? Where is my purse? So I'm reaching behind which is, like I said, filled with stuff I intend to sell this weekend. And I'm like, it's not here. Are you kidding me? And I, I, I'm I, like, Brayden, just start helping me pick up. I mean, there's sour cream rolling across the driveway. And I mean, things came out of bags. And I was like, how is this possible? And I just started saying, oh, my God. Which is pretty much what I said to her. I was like, right. how did you do that? She said, how did you manage to do that? Because I, she texted me She's back. She's always so, like... Making sure she has everything before she even puts, like, the car on. (laughs) I double-check, like, two and three times, maybe it's some sort of OCD or something. But I don't know. So I go in the house, and I'm like, I got to go back to what I'm screaming. And, I mean, I barrel through all the animals that are excited to see me. I don't do any, Mommy's home. None of it. I'm like, I don't know where my purse is. I got to go back to Walmart. Oh, my fucking God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And John's like, you fucking lost her purse. I said, I don't need that right now. Goodbye. <laughs> and I go running and Brayden's still outside trying to grab stuff. And I, there was one more one more bag still on the floor. And I flung it out the passenger side door. I said, shut the door. I got to go. John's run out into the driveway at this point. I'm whipping out like a freaking banshee. Those two were t- it would have been a sight to see. It looked like somebody just threw trash all over our driveway because I destroyed our groceries. Fortunately, everything ended up being fine. Um, but holy shit. So I'm on my way back to Walmart. I'm trying to 
Google and look for their number. I finally get through and I said, I'm pretty sure I just left my purse in a cart outside. And I was like, did anybody turn anything in? And she's like, hang on, I'll find out. I was on hold the entire time. I was until like, you I, probably yep, got in there fast. I did. And I was still playing a stupid ass music, pissing me off even more. I was frantic. I was, I was so um, tailgating the guy in front of me and I'm like holding my head and I'm like, Watch that drink. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, go, go. Oh my God. Are you ca- oh my God. I can't believe this. And I'm rifling through my head, like the credit cards that I have in there, the cash that I have in there, everything. And I'm like, I'm going to have to cancel this and cancel that. And nobody checks IDs. Nobody, you swipe and you go. I mean, those credit cards could have been maxed out in the time that I was gone. And I went back and I'm flying through the parking lot and I'm going the wrong way, which pisses me off when people don't follow the arrows and I didn't care. And I'm going and I'm looking in the cart corrals and I'm looking and I must have driven like three loops around. And I was finally on what in my head at that point was going to be my last loop. And I was just going to park up in the freaking fire zone on their on their sidewalk and run in. And I looked to my right and I could see it still in the cart with other carts having been pushed in behind it. People had shopped and pushed their carts in behind it. And I think the only thing that and I I slammed my car into park and I right in the middle of where people drive. I didn't find a park. I put it in park and I ran and I muscled those carts through my purse. I'm unzipping it and I think I was talking to myself because the people uh, that were loading fucking crazy lady yeah the people that were loading their car across the way the guy was in one of those motorized carts and the woman was putting the stuff in and he's like oh you're one lucky lady and I was like you're telling me and I was like oh my god I can't I can't and I opened it up I had just bought two new vapes were in there I had a couple other small purchases that I didn't need the bag for that I threw in my purse and everything was still there. Everything. I mean, the bag alone would have been worth the money to somebody, let alone what was inside. Yeah. And I, oh my God. I mean, I, at that point, the adrenaline stopped and now I turned to like rubber, like when you're getting pulled over, if you get that like rubbery feeling, right? And I end the Walmart call that they never picked back up on. And I called John and let him know, and I made my way back home. And then, of course, you know, I grabbed Brayden. I'm like, I- I'm pretty sure that I, like, smacked her with stuff and pushed her out of the, lifted her foot up above her head. You probably I, scared her. I did, I did, because she started crying before I even left. And I came home, and the first thing that I did was grab a hold and hug her and tell her, I am so, so sorry if I harmed you, if I scared you. But... I mean, I knew I wasn't harming her enough that it was going to cost her life, but it was going to cost us a whole fucking lot of trouble if I didn't find that purse. Yeah. I am beyond blessed that I found that. Um, so have any of you listeners um, absent-mindedly, so to speak, gone into frantic zone and totally just shoved your kids around or threw things at them because something overpowered you so much that you were like, oh, my God. Because I just did that, and it's not one of my prouder moments. <laughs> uh, I didn't leave my purse at Walmart, but when Logan, it was Logan's first time being on uh, Adderall, because mm. that's what they started him on when they first diagnosed him with ADHD, and it was Adderall, and it was my first time picking it up, and I had gone to Walmart, and I got a bunch of other stuff, too. 
I loaded my car and I forgot his meds in the cart. And I got, it was, I was all the way home before I realized I forgot them. And I raced all, I called the pharmacy. I'm like, great, like, I need these meds. And, and they're now, not just going to re Yeah, them. they're not going to just, right. they're not, they're controlled the substances. Yeah. So, um, I called the pharmacy and the, and Walmart, I actually got through a little bit quicker than you, <laughs> yeah. um, but they said nobody had turned anything in. I just asked if anybody had turned anything in and, uh, and I got back to Walmart and they were still in the cart where I left oh, the car and I was like, it, but it was like such a huge relief, relief. that I know because I was like, Oh, thank God, because and if somebody found them, like a drug dealer, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I can't believe my purse was still there. I mean, I was gone for about a half an hour between the drive time well, yeah. home and then back again and me throwing things around the driveway. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a 15, basically a 15, 15 minutes minute drive. depending on traffic, yeah. right. I think the only thing that possibly saved me, again, is the color of the purse because and I... Are you, further back see i always i say that what saved me was i was further back in one of like the last cares i would say i was about in the middle um so i think that might have saved me as well as opposed to you know not as many people walking past right um but to see three carts excuse me behind to see three carts having been pushed in behind mine and either people saw it and left it alone because they were honest and if so thank you so very much or they would just it just blended in because i almost didn't see it what's the color of your purse it's silver and it looked when i noticed it it, could have been like a a bag like a a bag yeah like and when i noticed it i knew what i was looking for Mm -hmm. but in all reality if you were to pass by it probably blended in well that's good so and john's like all right we need to get you a wallet you just stick in your back pocket and have your cards and cash. I just it's carry a you. wallet with me. I don't carry a purse. Well, and purse. that's what I've been doing lately, not carrying a wallet, but I've been taking whatever cards and or cash, possibly my license, insurance card, whatever that I need. I still have my purse with me in the car, but I've been leaving it hidden and just taking those so I'm not carrying a bag around. Cause I just have the <laughs> fanny pack that I use as like a crossbody, and it's like this big. Yeah, I, I got- actually got it at... At the bin store Did for you? a dollar, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was my uh, heart attack of the week and my mom's story of freaking out my child um, and making her worried and scared and whatever. So, how about you, Abby? Have you ever left anything behind? Uh, I'm sure I did, but I don't. Nothing. I can't recall. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure I had the moments. Get into listen stories. (laughs) (laughs) And that's where I was going. Okay. If you don't have anything to say, why don't you read one of our listeners? All right. So now we're going to get into our listener stories. Um, These, we only got a few um, listener stories to share with you guys, uh, but they do go with Becky's request of teenage stories. Oh, fantastic. Why we only have a few. Fantastic. All right. So. The first one is from Brianna. Hi, Brianna. All right. So it states, when I was 16, I was so mean to my mom. Finally, one day she sat me down and told me I have I have got to stop being so mean. Then she told me about herself as a teenager, like who she really was. 
her high school boyfriend who broke her heart, getting in trouble, hating her parents, basically used the opportunity to let me get to know her, not as a parent, but as someone who understands. I didn't turn into an angel overnight, but it was a teachable moment for me that my mom is human too, and I started to view her as a friend. It's something that stands out to me as a tool I'll use when my kids are mean as shit. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the end of that. Well, so that is a good thing that the mom actually sat down with her to have a conversation. And was real. Yes, and it's like, you know, I'm going to be real up front. And I, because if those who are just listening now and didn't listen to the previous episode of Becky requesting this, um, for listeners to write in, we talked about our children. Well, Jen has I been through it. Three teenagers. But <laughs> yeah. me and Becky have not really been through it yet. Our daughters are going into that stage. So we were asking for advice or even own stories. things About to, adolescence and yes. change and puberty and so on and, and how. Because we're scared for those years. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. So I, I actually, so I, I like this story. And because I was Brianna, mm-hmm. I was me. Me and my mom did not really have a relationship until I got pregnant at eighteen. Uh, she, I hated her. Like I was a typical wow. teenager that hated my parents. Uh, I actually, I didn't. My dad, I didn't hate, but I, I was, was always like say, daddy always had, right. Yeah, and like. When anything happened, I always called my dad where my sister would always call my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, my sister and my mom had a better relationship than me and my mom did. And uh, I just remember I did whatever the fuck I wanted. Like, and especially once I turned 16 and had a license, I was never home. My mom never knew whether I was that's dead so or alive. scary. I well, know. Yeah, well, it gives me anxiety I, thinking I, about it. Well, I thank my or not thank. I apologize to my mom yeah. to this day. Yeah. I'm 38 now, and to this day, I especially if one of my kids yeah. does something that I'm like, how I'm so did sorry. you? I'm how like, did you they're deal? they're not even close to how bad I was, and I'm like, how did you? I am so sorry <laughs> I put you through that, and for the most part. My, I think I have not, I don't have typical teenagers. Logan, on the other hand, he may be a typical freaking boy teenager because he gets on my nerves. Mm -hmm. But for the girls, I always like Brianna will probably do once her kids or daughters or whatever um, are old enough and get to that stage. I've always kept a pretty open communication and always like let my kids know. <laughs> well, that's what I try with to me my kids now. I mean, as I mean, I've always believed be honest. If they have questions, I'll answer honestly about them. And they um, all know they, my kids also know like all the shit I did as a teenager. Yeah. And they, cause my mom's told me that I'm way more strict than she ever was. But I know what I did as a teenager. Which makes sense, because now you're like, okay, well, I know how I was, so, like, I'm going to be more strict. Which I think why I'm, because the kids think I'm a strict parent. Yeah. And I'm like, well, (laughs) because I know how I was as a teenager. And, I mean, I wasn't, I didn't hate my mom or anything. um, But we weren't as close as. probably didn't really 
No, I know, I but like, that I didn't really, I don't like you. Yeah, I didn't really argue with her as much, but I wasn't very open with her either. It was more of just like, whatever. During well, my did your mom try to be open with you though, Abby? Um, yeah. I'm because sure I she, think that plays a role yeah. as well. I'm sure she, she did have her moments where she tried, but like. Typical teenager shuts you out. Yeah. Yeah, and that's where I was kind of going with the Brayden thing last week and. This Brianna says, you know, her mom says she was mean to her at 16, which is kind of the opposite right now for me. Brayden said to me last night, and it broke my heart, Jennifer's daughter, Jacqueline, came over for a little while after homework and before dinner, and they went back to, you know, their old ways. They haven't done it in a while, but they went in Brayden's closet and played dress up. Well, some of the costumes in there were still brand new in the packages that I intended. It's almost October. I'm going to try and flip them because Braden was like, no, I don't want it. No, never mind. Never mind. So I already in my head know what I'm grabbing this weekend. Next thing I know, Braden's got scissors in her hand coming out with wrappers and Jacqueline walks out the door and she's in one of the costumes. And I was, I looked at Braden and I was like, are you, are you kidding me? I was like, why are you not asking you permission? Oh, I could. Yeah, of course. It's, I know, but... Being, but in the moment, in, not, Yeah, not in the package, I think, makes it a little less. It depreciates. Um, and it's not a big deal, but I was just... I, I've been overwhelming myself, myself because I literally... I've rearranged all of my furniture. I've, I'm starting to um, come up with a new pattern of photos and frames. Um, I haven't really gotten into that yet, but... So some of the rooms look really great. My front living room, my back living room, I'm still, there's something missing as far as furniture, a piece to to sit on. Mm -hmm. And I think it's that damn round chair, as cool as that thing looks, and John doesn't want to let it go. It throws everything off. And I think I need to get rid of it. But anyway, (laughs) I just, I flipped out on Brayden. She's like, why are you so being so mean? What did I do? And my heart broke. Um, But... So she's not being mean to me yet, and I have so far kept an open line of communication. I check in with her constantly, and I do know that Brayden feels way more comfortable speaking to me than she does her father. Um, but, you know, here in one breath, I'm like, you know, you can come to me, you can talk to me but about anything. And then I start yelling at her, like, she'll ask me, what if, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, who gives a fuck about what if? Like, stop asking me these questions. So yeah, I'm getting so frustrated think, yeah. because, because it's overkill to an yeah. extent, you know, and then I go to bed and I'm like, damn it, I screwed up again and I beat myself up. Yeah, but you can't really beat yourself up about it. You just take it and then be like, okay, well, next time, hopefully I right. take a moment and think about, yeah. okay, don't have, react to my first reaction. Think about what I'm going to say. Yeah. Because there's gonna be a point if we keep if we keep reacting to our children. Because I do the same thing. I'll react and be like, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to hear about this. Yeah. Um, but if we keep reacting that way, that's where that's it's gonna where be gonna a, close off. They're gonna close off and, and not want to talk to us them. before they can actually use that open door. Mm-hmm. Um, me as a teenager, my mother um, is a very timid person. Um, she wants everybody to like her. And I think that also fell into the category with me. And unfortunately, you know, she was dealt a pretty shitty hand for her life. And uh, one of the things that touches base with this is she ended up being a single mom and was working three jobs. So when I would get home from school or, you know, it would be 
to the great, my great grandmother across the way or whatever. And then as you know, when my mother would have the time to spend with me, I don't think she would try to discipline me because she never got to see me. So therefore she never took that step on her actually taking control mm-hmm. as being the mother, which therefore allowed me, um, not purposefully, I'm, I'm sure it just allowed me to railroad her, step all over her and take advantage. And I, the same thing, I started taking off before I turned 16. I had a, I, I had a, I was a freshman. <laughs> I, used to I had a, I had a, I was a freshman and had a senior as a boyfriend that had a car. So I was Me out too. the door. <laughs> I was out the door at 14 and ramming the roads. Well, and, that's why everybody's. Yeah, like, I had an older boyfriend. I was Summer's senior. boyfriend. So Summer is about to be 16 and her boyfriend just turned 18. And everybody's like, uh, oh, how can you let her date an old this and that? I'm like. I mean, if first I, of all, he's like so many miles away. Right. <laughs> but I mean, when he was here. I know, I know. But she was a sophomore dating a senior. I was a freshman yeah, dating right. a senior. Well, and unfortunately, too, you know. Well, um, besides, I think Summer's very mature for age. She yeah. is, definitely. I agree with that 100%. But we were having, oh, you might have had your phone, headphones in. I think it was Kate and I were having the conversation when she was dancing with, uh, the, with the guy, there's this guy at the gym. Well, I that told dances. you, I was like, it's funny how she says she has social anxiety. Was oh, that? It was, it me was and you. you. <laughs> I said, it's funny how Summer states she has social anxiety, yet she's over here dancing with this stranger in the gym. Right. Yeah. And then you were like, oh, well. It's, she's. <laughs> I think it comes for her, I think it's more talking. As and I think it's, to it's also being more like if she's being put into a situation where she knows it's coming, it's she's overthinking about it. As, as opposed if it's, to she's spon- just spontaneously, spon- right. like she runs into somebody in the bathroom at the gym, like which did happen, right? <laughs> she's like, I met this girl Abigail, and then had the same name as me, yeah, and she goes. Well, her name is kind of like Abby's name, and I'm like Abigail, and she goes, "Yeah, that's it," but not. Not Abigail. And I'm like, well, Abby's name is Abigail. And she's like, yeah, but Abby said it's like her name. I'm like, well, her name is Abigail. And she's like, it's not. It's Abigail, but it's not Abigail. And I'm like, you make no sense. Yeah, then they asked me. I said, yes, my name is Abigail. Because I I was like, Abby, please tell her your name is Abigail. Like I tell Summer, she doesn't listen to me when I talk. Because even when I give her instructions in the gym, she's like, what are we doing? I was like, I don't know. Maybe pay attention next time. (laughs) I correct her all the time. I'm like, Because when I had that conversation with Summer, I said to her, oh, Abigail. I was like, um... I said something about like like my name, but I go by Abby. Maybe that's why she didn't connect the two. Yeah. Well, I definitely took advantage of my mother, um, and things got actually really bad. As me with a teenager, um, I'm sure I've apologized to her on a few occasions, but we've we've had a kind of roller coaster of a ride, which is unfortunate because I absolutely adore my mother. But again, you know, some things have happened throughout that has caused tension with us. You know, sometimes things are absolutely over the moon wonderful. Mm-hmm. And I wish they could be like that all the time. And then there's other times still at 49 years old that I feel like she's trying to parent me now. Yeah, when, which is weird. Right. So anyway, I did probably take it too far with my mom. There was definitely the slamming of doors. There was the I hate you. I can't wait to move out. Pretty sure I swore directly at her and said, F you. 
I remember throwing a spoon at her because she made me scrambled eggs and they were runny. Or maybe she threw the spoon at me. I don't know. But then <laughs> something that, with this. That was we had like a counter that you know went over into the living room, and I was in the recliner, and I could see her standing at the sink. So I can't remember who threw the spoon, but a spoon was thrown. And then I do remember one other physical altercation where she had come in the bedroom, and I don't. And again, I don't remember if she reached for me, but I know I ended up having the upper hand, and somehow had her bent over in front of me, and I'm pretty sure I punched her in the back. I don't really remember, and it's not something, again, that I want to remember or yeah. that I'm proud of, but we certainly have had some wonderful moments. But bottom line is, it's unfortunate because I think it's, I hate to say it like this, but almost the rite of passage with teenagers that they have to, they, they're finding out who they are in a tough world with other children who are finding out who they are, and it backlashes at us. And if we can't control it, then... Right. Hopefully the relationship. My anxiety gets so like I and then it's just like calm down. It hasn't even happened yet. I'm like, but there's little bits and pieces that are like getting and I can like barely handle it because it's eating me up inside. And he's like, you need to not stress like what is is going to be. You just got to know you're doing what you're doing. Well, something else. And I think (laughs) we've mentioned this before, too, is all right. So, A, it's a different time, a different era. okay? and B, the three of us all grew up in the north. And I knew, I know I was more country setting. So taking off and, and, and ramming the roads, I mean, I was in a little town. I was that, in a small town. Yeah. Up in the Pine Barrens. Right. And, you know, it wasn't like I was in a city or near the ocean where, right. you know, you hear of higher rates of kidnapping or sex trafficking or whatever. Right. right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I would, my mom would drop me off at the mall or I, eventually at one point I would take the bus and yeah, then I would I drive myself there. Yeah, I used to go to the there. mall at like 14. My yeah, mom would drop me right. off. I would never. I cannot. Yeah, I'm like, what, what parent is going to be with you? The mall like, was pretty yeah. far from us, but we would still go to the mall and. Oh yeah, the mall was pretty far yeah, from where was I was like, too, but my mom would drop us off and. We'd spend hours there. Yeah, go to the movies. Yeah, yeah. Walk Sit around in one of the in the court in the food court or whatever, and yep. eat. I mean, and I can't even fathom in the location that we're in now, or maybe Just even back there, whatever. Dropping them off at the mall. No, hell no. I Absolutely wouldn't even, even when not. Gianna got not her even license, to the ocean by themselves. No. Even when Gianna got her license, I didn't until she moved out, she was not allowed to go to the mall or to the beach or anything without me. I think there was like one or two times that it was like a special occasion or whatever that I did agree to it and was like, You need to check in with me and she did. Yeah. Um I mean now that she moved out, I don't Right. Well, and I mentioned to you guys when I had come back from New York also, I actually let Braden walk around the fairgrounds. But for some reason, I feel safe there. It doesn't mean that bad things can't happen. Yeah. But I would never have allowed that here, even with my best friend from back in New York, Michelle. Well, and I also her son, think I never because our it. area that we live in is so transit as well. Yeah. There's people coming in and out constantly. constantly. Yeah. So it's. Granted, anywhere it can happen, but it's more likely in a transit right. area. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. We all need to move in. Well, Brianna, I'm glad that um, your mom was able to open up to you and you were able to see the light and um, form a good relationship with her and learn from it for your own children moving forward. And I appreciate you writing in with your story. We all do. 
Yeah. So thank you again. Thank you. Okay. So this next story is long. And, um, anonymous, anonymous, Jen, uh, it says, I wanted to share my story as a caution for some. I have an older child who could be a pain in those late high school years and freshman year of college, but has matured into a wonderful person. My younger one was shy, but so easy up until junior high of high school made a couple of varsity teams and started hanging out with older kids and we started to deal with the going out late and parties. Then his senior year, he just broke, he just broke, was so angry and unable to communicate at all the partying was unreal. Sorry, was unable to communicate at all. The partying was unreal. My wife and I worked hard to connect with him but he was not having it life was chaotic he went to a large university where the partying was even harder and we could see he was not happy but he refused to communicate he is not a sophomore he's now sorry he is now (laughs) a sophomore and we have been living day to day worrying about him through the many periodic times of craziness his communication is still very limited But he did reveal to me this weekend and that something happened in high school that he carries with him every day and can't sleep at night because of what happened. He is not comfortable sharing whatever it was yet. We are trying to we are trying too hard to get him into therapy, but unless he wants to, it is not happening. So things I have learned. One. I wish I took action before he turned 18. It becomes incredible, incredibly hard to do anything once they turn 18. Agreed. Two, I should have been a better listener. We had a great relationship, but when he started to get in trouble, I focused more on discipline and ensuring it did not happen again rather than why it was happening. I have made some progress on listening, but I am working so hard at it every day. Three, my view of his world was so limited and thought I understood it. I knew he was not the most confident kid, but I figured he would gain confidence. I read this on another Reddit, excuse me, thread, but we really have no idea what they are going through. My parents did not either, but it seems even more difficult these days. Four, I understand, I underestimate. That's Samara making noise. (laughs) I didn't fart. (laughs) Four, I I underestimate the pull of his friends and impact of social media. We had no phone at night policy, but as he got to junior year, we stopped enforcing it. His classmates and the social pressure that come with them are basically in our house all night long. There was no time that he could be away from everything and just relax. I am sorry to be Debbie Downer here, but I look back at some of the things I passed off as a phase or a single bad decision with so much regret. I would just urge parents to be aggressive when your radar is going off. So I actually... Can you... um. 
turn that back on, please. <laughs> <clears throat> and um, read me just briefly um, a summary of her number three. Like, what was her lesson for us? Because I, I lost it. Guy. Or, well, we don't know that. Could be two women. He said my wife. Yeah, could be two women. Usually in a same sex, they say my partner. Oh, okay. Uh, Whatever. I already my, wrote that man, question mark. My <laughs> wife and I, question mark. Uh, my view of his world was so limited, and I thought I understood it. I knew he was not the most confident kid, but I figured he would gain confidence. I read this on another Reddit thread, but we really have no idea what they are going through. My parents did not either but it seems even more difficult these days. Okay. Um, well, first of all, I'm going to thank you now and again later um, for that very detailed uh, email to us um, and sharing your story. And, you know, again, we're, we're all in this together in different ways. And but that really opened my eyes. A lot of things I'm already thinking to myself um, and no, I haven't gotten to that path yet, but I want to make sure I don't shut that door somehow along the way. Mm -hmm. And if I'm shutting her out after I'm saying you can ask me anything just because I'm irritated and want her to stop talking for a minute, I can't do that. I've really got to stop and think because yeah. I already feel like I've lost her. Like, you know, she's on, and I think I mentioned this before too, she's on her games on her tablet or whatever. And you know, I'm not getting to have these moments with her as often. And, and it's, it's very sad. And, um, and I, I, so I agree with the before 18, because you're going to get it thrown in your face. Yeah. Well, I'm 18. There's nothing you can do about it. Mm -hmm. I'm technically or legally an adult. And you're number two, um, more focused on discipline instead of the why. Um, and I think that's something I've been doing now already as well. Um, I do believe I eventually ask why. So that's making me open my eyes to, okay, before I get angry with you, what happened? And, and I do that too. I go back and forth, I guess. Mm. Depends on my, my, um, menopausal mood. Yeah. <laughs> I think the main thing is to be consistent with it. Consistency for sure. Um, but I I can relate to a lot of the things he said with just stuff going on with now, you know, Gianna moving out and I don't know and I, I don't think she's in a good place and where she, I used to not worry about her and now I do. Yeah. yeah, a lot of things seem to have changed with her because I was so proud of the young woman she was becoming. When I first came into your and it was family. it was her senior year, end of junior year, beginning of or end senior year that it a lot of the changes, yeah, yeah. It's it's I it that story is just eating me up inside. Mm -hmm. You know, like trusting your gut and and the fact that they still their their second son is now in college. I did, and he has admitted that there's something really bothersome that keeps him up at night that I do that he have did in to high say, um, which I think the listener, I think he knows it is like the fact that he admitted there was something that happened. He's just not ready. He will eventually. Yeah. That's come the out first. And it just has to come in time. Yeah. Because there's things where that bothered me that I did. Granted, maybe not 
so much at the time, but now that I'm like 38, I'm, I mean, even you look just, back at some of your actions and yeah, words and, and like, like, I can, why did I do I that? Why did I say that? to my mom and stuff like that. So, um, but it, it almost sounds like this is really bad. Yeah. Like, you know, did he, um, harm someone else? Um, you know, physically. Or he could have witnessed something. Or, right. Did, or something happened to him. Or, yeah. some, right. And I was yeah. thinking that too, you know, did something happen to him? Um, it could be sexually, emotionally, um, just a beating on the regular. Um, maybe he was being blackmailed. I mean, clearly. He the, said he was like shy and, and so it could have been, and not confident, he could have been being bullied or being something. bullied and shoved in a locker, getting swirlies in the toilet bowl. Yeah, and and that's, you know, you put yourself. I'm I'm putting myself in the shoes of this listener, and my stomach's churning because you know you you have these children, they're yours, and yeah. you love them unconditionally, and you want to protect them, and and but if you don't know what's going on, and and you can't, and yeah, even just finding out years down the road, like I could see like how it would affect like, the parent as yeah. well like, like oh my god i didn't with the know regret. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and and that makes me it, it makes me even think like right now you know i mean as soon as brayden you know started going to pre-k which i never thought i was going to have to put her in a like a daycare i didn't want to and i'm glad i glad with my choice i was happy with you know where she was and who she was with but that was the first moment where it was one thing for her to be with a sitter, a friend, or a family member that I knew, which didn't happen that often, yeah. but entirely another to be with a bunch of other adults, a bunch of other children, a different atmosphere, and I don't know what's going on with my kid. Yeah. I don't know what conversations are being said. And even more, that was a minor bump. And then kindergarten. It gets worse as they get older. I'm sure, well, and yeah, I'm sure. Get, I'm, I'm rethinking my teenage years and the things I said and did. Holy God, diddly damn. Yeah. And if karma's a bitch, then it's going to come back to bite me in the ass. Yeah. Like, I was always told how you are to your mom. Like you comes get, back threefold or yeah, something. Yeah, it comes back. Right. Well, or my mom used to always go, I can't wait till you yes. have kids. And- I hope you have 10 times as many kids and they treat you 20 times as bad. <laughs> yeah, I um. So that's one other thing, too, though, is I'm trying to break the mold because the cycle, the generation. Yeah, the type of, of parent that my mom wanted to be, she couldn't because of the situation she was in. Whereas I am getting the opportunity, even though it's based on an, an injury and and ongoing, you know, things with my body, um, I have the opportunity to be home and to be with her at all times, and I still feel like I'm letting moments slip by. But I have regularly checked in with her, you know, not just the how was your day, what made you smile today, you know, kind of routine. But and I try to literally, do that with- yeah, like I sit down like every couple weeks or so, and I'm like, you know, so how how is everything in Braden's world? I don't just mean school. But I do like the school, the bus here in the neighborhood, me, your father. Is there anything that you want to talk about that concerns you that you're worried about that something happened to you? You know, remind her repeatedly that I'm here, not every day, but enough that hopefully it sticks that when and if God forbid something does happen, that she can no matter how nervous or scared 
or whatever that she can come and open up and yeah. we'll see time will tell yeah um you know again it's the uh circle of of life i guess uh so i also have an anonymous uh listener story to share and it goes as follows eldest son lost his shit sometime around puberty Flaming ADHD that he refused to treat led to school disaster, which led to wrong crowd, drugs, and alcohol. Two drug possession arrests, was expelled once in middle school, once in high school. <laughs> Sorry. They're not laughing at you. It wasn't me. I did not write in. <laughs> Jen's just like shaking her head and throwing her hands in the air. I'm laughing because Jen I relate probably to relate, this story. So not you. <laughs> um... Sorry for that outburst. <laughs> um, so, uh, which led to wrong crowd, drugs, and alcohol. Two drug possession arrests. Was expelled once in middle school, once in high school. Went through several outpatient drug programs for teens. Hated us and everything we said and did from age 13 on. We got him therapy, outpatient programs, found schools for him when his schools kicked him out. Hated us, hated his younger brother, hated everything we did, appreciated nothing. Fast forward, he's 23, been sober for five years, and works, ironically, as a counselor for troubled teens at a boarding school in Maine. Idolizes the counselor he had all through high school that we found for him and he fought so hard against, and is aiming for the same career path. It's funny, too, now you can laugh, Abby. <laughs> it's funny, too, because two of his really close, quote, unquote, bad friends from teenage years are also many years sober. One is a successful plumber. The other works at a rehab while getting his computer science degree. I never thought we were going to come out the other side. We did. The opportunities, the resources, that support that he violently rejected turned out to have made a difference in the long run. That is a great story. I, have, I, have, like, I, I did. I was getting goosebumps as well while reading it because, I mean, uh, not all stories can turn out that great. And yeah. and I'm glad that that one turned around and with his quote unquote bad friends. And we all know a person and I believe she spoke of it here. Our first guest speaker was Bree um, for our Halloween edition last year. That's coming up. We might want to think about having her back. Mm-hmm. Or someone, um, <laughs> or someone else that you know deals in that realm of of world, uh, but Bree also had some troubles herself and turned it around where she is a counselor for or can be is educated and and certified with diplomas to be a, a counselor for troubled teens. Yeah, so things can turn around, but even going through all that hell. Never. And, and I'm sure, you know, um, this anonymous writer went through many sleepless nights trying to figure out how to help that child. Yeah. And no, I, I know they did. <laughs> yeah. And, and me, you know, fighting against my mom. And I see now, like, being a mom yourself changes everything. Like, holy shit, I did that to my mother. I'm going to lose my shit if I don't know where my daughter is, if I know that she's screwing around or doing you know, drugs, hanging with bad people. I can already, like, I'm feeling my heart rip apart from these stories. I'm, 
literally like torn, but also, wow, you know, that's good. It can turn around. Yeah. Uh, well, it gives me hope. <laughs> uh, now, granted, you know, Logan hasn't gotten into th- drugs or anything that I know of. We do tell him we're going to drug test him every now and then when he's acting <laughs> retarded. But um, he uh, he's been expelled in sixth grade. He's gotten in trouble in seventh grade. And right before I came here, his English teacher was calling me. Oh, jeez. So, uh, actually, Brittany is... No! <laughs> no, Brittany's not his oh, English okay. teacher. okay, I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> Brittany was talking to his English teacher. To clarify for our listeners, Brittany is Abby's sister-in-law and, and also a, eighth, a friend of ours. And an eighth grade teacher at Logan School. But eighth grade she, gifted and talented teacher. Uh, well, she, it would be it, honors. Yes. Yeah, okay. She's, uh, she's accelerated. Okay. So Logan is not in her class. He's gift. He's in honors classes, but not the accelerated honors classes. Um, it's so crazy. <laughs> so crazy. I'm like, how? But, what's the difference? <laughs> I have no idea. Remedial um, honors, accelerated well, honors. Summer so. was arguing with him one day because he's taking algebra, which is a ninth grade course, and because he's in honors classes, he takes it in eighth grade. And he was, she's like, you're not in algebra. You're in ninth or eighth grade. I'm like, yes. And he's taking algebra one that you took in ninth grade. And we'll get advanced credits right. into high school. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so. His teacher called. I guess Brittany was talking to his teacher and was like, oh, I'm really good friends with Jen. Like, just call her. Trust me. Just call her. So she did. Um, and I had a good conversation, and I know Logan was lying now. And um, she was worried because his English grade is in the 70s. Already? Yeah. Like, it, it was, he had an F. It was 50-something. He got it up to the 70s. And what, we're in week four? And he's in <laughs> honors like, English. Like it's just so started. she's like, and they did the testing, mm-hmm. and his testing was where he would be if he was in a regular class, not honors. Mm-hmm. So she was, I was like, yeah. She's like, I looked at his other grades, and they're all 90s. She's like, and then he's here. I was like, well, this is what he's saying. She's like, yeah, I don't know why he's saying that. She's like, I asked him, so I explained the whole, like, he just came off of his ADHD meds. We did just have a checkup, and me and his doctor agreed if he doesn't get this grade up, he's going to have to go back on meds. Mm -hmm. And so now we have the open communication, thanks to Brittany, um, that now we can, she's going to keep me updated and everything, and I'm going to, I now know that. And I'm going to scare, <laughs> scare Logan with, like, well, you know, Brittany knows your teacher, and we're going to have open communication now. And I talked to her today, so what's your problem? <laughs> um, Bring him to the gym tonight. We'll work it out. <laughs> <laughs> right? Boot camp. Um, I want to say, and Abby, you haven't commented yet, really, on this story, but... Not sure we thanked the second anonymous writer. I know, and I know I thanked this one at the beginning. And, and, um, but I actually, as, as you were talking, and of course, we are seeing the outcome of different things with your son. And although it hasn't been drugs or drinking as of yet, and, ho- and hopefully never will, 
Um, it's been different things that have gotten I mean, him into trouble. And he did but, have the whole, at the end of last year, the whole, he hated me and wanted to move oh, right. to New York with yeah. his dad. And um, where, and then like a month went by and I thought we were over it. But then he was like, no, I still want to move with my dad. And then, you know, he went there and he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm coming home. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my statement or rather question um, as kind of to the, the second two stories, uh, both anonymous. Um, for the second story, this is um, probably a really far reach. Um, but, you know, if curiosity kills the cat. And if you ever find out what he did, if it's not too awful, that would put him in jail um, all these years later. I'm really curious if you'll ever find out and you could maybe give us a hint or the full story mm-hmm. of what he was is is suffering through at this point in time. Um, for the uh, second anonymous writer, listener, uh, slash third story, um, <laughs> I have a question in regard to the little brother. Um, how did the little brother fare through all of that time period with you as parents trying to control the eldest son and the little brother being hated along with you by the eldest son. Um, did he, you know, was he uh, in the shadows and not paid attention to because of all the chaos of the oldest one? Or... Oh, well, I could kind of speak on that. Because you have multiples. Well, not even being a child sibling. of multiples. Oh, right. Um, now, when we were talking about my relationship with my mom... I mean, she did reach out, whatever, but I feel like, because me and my sister are close in age, my sister was very, um... Abby just got fuzz in her mouth from the passy. Uh, was very rebellious <laughs> in her teenage years, and she gave my mom a hard time, and both my parents a hard time. So I think a lot of times they were focused on her issues and, like, trying to set her straight or, like, certain things. Um, that there was times where maybe I felt a little ignored or it was just like they were all concerned with that, that I didn't want to be a bother or... Right. You took a back seat. Yeah. And you could have used that in a couple different ways. You could have gotten away with shit because she was, Mm -hmm. you know, the The main main character. Right. And so that's what I'm curious about because, again, I'm an only child. Um, Brayden's being raised as an only child. You know, her brother lives in New York and he's nine years older than her. So, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm curious. Um, but again, I thank you for sharing your stories and I hope to use any bit of information, not only from these stories, but listener stories in past to move on with my child. And this is part of the reason why we do this podcast. Yeah. Because, you know, the three of us, three generations, how we're, we're ra- how we were raised, how we're raising our kids, you know. And then take information from other people, how right. they're raising or how they were raised. Um, because a lot of times our, in life, it's always go, 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 go. Yeah. And I think we need to take a step back every once in a while and realize what we're doing, what we're saying, yeah. what our kids are listening to um, around and, them and, and how we are reacting and... Or not reacting. Yeah, to... But sitting here doing the podcast, you know. It's opened my eyes a lot. Absolutely, because the listener stories are writing in, whether it be comical or goosebumps on goosebumps or, you know, and again, thank you guys for writing in with these teenager-related stories. 
Um, it's exactly what I wanted, and that makes me feel so good, as it does Abby and Jen as well, because it shows that you are listening and that we are being relevant. Yeah. Um, so please continue on. Don't You don't have to be a one-time uh, emailer, writer, whatever. You can write in multiple times. I'm sure you have more than one uh, mom story to share with us. <laughs> that being said, thank story. you again, and we're moving on <laughs> to our last and final story of this episode. Yes. Uh, so this is from Kaylee. Hi, Kaylee. The biggie went down. <laughs> That's not from Kaylee. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> and I'm not licking it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Ding. All right. So it states, I was very unpleasant to my parents from about 13 to 18. I lied. I was hormonal and grumpy, and I was diagnosed with depression. They said about the time that they loved me but didn't like me very much. We speak on the phone every day now, and I love them to bits. We are extremely close. I've turned out successful enough where I can buy them really nice gifts and take them out for dinner as often as I want. They have a lovely relationship with my little one, and having a child has really made me appreciate them. Yeah. Yep. So that goes back to what we've been saying. Like, yep, we, 110%. The whole rebellious, and then now that we have children, we realize that we appreciate and I our was parents. 18 when I started being having a relationship with my mom. And, you know, and it's because you were becoming a mom, mom yourself. You were, yeah. you were pregnant. Yeah. And I think that was, like, the first time, like I said, I always called my dad. My sister always called my mom. Mm-hmm. That was the first time I called my mom. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I knew that, but it, it actually sets differently with me right now in this themed conversation. Yeah. She was the that's, first uh, And you just gave me goosebumps because that's crazy. Wow. And, you know, I, I was so scared to tell her, but at the same time, she was who I wanted to tell first. And I think because I was scared. Yeah. And I remember when I was pregnant with, Mikey, I sat, well, I was pregnant previous, Mikey, and I ended up having a miscarriage. That moment, I remember my mom coming in my room, and I was like, I need to talk to you, but, like, I was so scared to say anything. I just sat there and cried, and she, like, figured it out, and she came out, are you pregnant? And I'm like, yeah, and I just cried, and she was there to support me. She started, like, yeah, well, that mom, was with the first one? And mine was a phone call because wow. I was living with Gianna's dad in New Jersey. And she, I called her, and I was crying, Mm -hmm. and she was worried that it was something worse, like somebody died. Yeah. And, uh, and I told her, and she, like, you could hear the relief that it wasn't something serious. You could also hear the disappointment, but she was like, it's okay, like, you know, we're good. And then. I could tell she was disappointed, but, like. It was a relief to one get it off my chest, yeah. and like that I she could was there feel the, the weight lifted, the support and everything. And then during the point when I did have the miscarriage with the first one, my parents were there for me. Both of them were there for me, um, very much. That it ch- opened my eyes of like I think that was my aha moment. Like uh, like my parents care so much about me, and like they're willing yeah. to do anything help me and be Mm -hmm. there to support me and things like that yeah well talking to our children um 
and you know this stage moving into um, adolescence and so on, Brayden has been more emotional than she normally is. Yeah. And she's <laughs> crying at the stupidest things, which typically she's really good about well, she's not getting crying. to that that stage too where she's gonna start going through puberty. And right. So when I well just before you go about summer or what have you, really quick is I ended up and John was involved in the conversation as well with Brayden. I haven't wanted to use the word hormonal in front of her because I'm afraid that she'll turn it around and, well, I'm hormonal, as use it as a crutch. That's not going to fly. And that was one of the, th- the things I explained in the conversation. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I was like, honey, I was like, we as women, and I went, and I don't need to repeat the whole spiel. Um, most of us know that. And if, if you want me to say what I said, write in and tell me, and I'll say it. <laughs> I'm trying to make a story short for a change. Yeah. And, you know, I told her, I was like, your body is going through changes. You've already noticed that your breasts are developing. Mm -hmm. Um, Next is going to be probably, you know, pubic hair and then a menstrual cycle. And with that, unfortunately, uh, not mothers, but rather women, we go through PMS a week before. We go through the hormones during. We go through recovery after. We're lucky if we have one One week week. (laughs) out of every month that it might be halfway decent. And I said, and it doesn't stop from there, you know, I mean, and then we get to go through menopause, which is the reverse of the puberty. So, but I'm just telling you that you are going to be emotional. And the reason I'm telling you this is because if you know that that's why you're being emotional, you can recognize it and hopefully be able to control it better as opposed to just being a hot freaking mess. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I went into a lot more detail. I gave different scenarios. And, of course, we're only at the beginning. We're going to have to revisit it on multiple occasions, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, as these kids get older and give exactly. heart attacks. Um, what I was going to say is... Oh, summer, yes. Um, summer, I want to say, was about nine when she started getting booze. Likewise for me. And her doctor, actually, I never knew this, but her doctor asked when she started developing boobs, and it's typically two years later that is you get when they get a period. And ends. that was me. I was 11 when was, I got my period. So, oh, so it was summer. Right. So it was probably coming soon. Yeah. Oh! Yeah, that's why we haven't been recording a whole lot for YouTube, because we're in our messy stepdaughter's room. Oh, God. (laughs) Anyway, thank you again to all you writers for actually um, writing in a theme. I'm not sure that we've ever given a specific theme that we wanted to hear about before. No, but Abby usually is good. I I try to to keep it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, But it was, my eyes have been opened for a few different situations and don't carry silver purses and put them in a shopping cart oh and (laughs) just so you know summer thinks men get hysterectomies not women (laughs) what yes last night she goes why would she get a hysterectomy only men get hysterectomy (laughs) hysterectomy i was saying it right okay guys Uh, or they get an addictomy well, I was like, gender. I change. said last time I checked, men don't have ovaries and fallopian tubes and uteruses. Um, 
well, men's Real are out and right. women's are in. They're all the same parts. They just do different mm-hmm. things. So she goes, well, what do men get then? We're like, the men's vast, vast, vast the, the, Listen, the, the men's coochie fell out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I forget what comedian said that, but yeah. I think it was ding, t- ding, ding. Tiffany Haddish. I think she's the one that stated that men's coochie fell out. <laughs> I bet I bet you some people are like Well, because the vagina is the Summer shaft. Is that. The head of the penis is the clitoris. And then the ovaries are the balls. Are all the balls. Well, hot damn. On that note. Alright. <laughs> Follow our social media pages. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter, The Monster Squad, or at Monster Squad. Reiterate back. Twitter is now X. Yeah, it's X now. I got to remember that. Um, and then Instagram, TikTok, the underscore monster underscore squad. You can find us on YouTube as well. Sorry, haven't been recording lately. Next episode, we'll get back on that. Uh, and as always, and mom, any mom stories or topics, Please email them to the monster squad at outlook.com. In the title, put topic or mom story, and then let us know if you would like us to use your name, where you're from, or if you would like to remain anonymous, anonymous. Jen. Other than that, thank you for listening to the, the Monster, monster squad. squad.